search engine optimization. It is essential for any content creator to understand that in order to be heard, first, you must be seen. Want to learn how to conquer SEO? Click the link below to get 10% off your first. All right. I think that's enough internet for now. Are we going to get started here today? I've actually got something ready to go. Uh-huh. No, no, that that's great. I, I do love to hear you're coming prepared. Someone's a little distracted. What are you doing over there? Spamming more memes? What? No, 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 no. Actually, smart guy, I'm thinking of ways to spread the word about this little show of ours. Never a bad time to ruminate on promotional strategies, you know. Hey, you don't have to tell me. I have nightmares about the promotional side of all this. Oh, that's no good, Danny boy. You sure you don't need... No, damn it. We've been over this. <sighs> so well, what have you come up with promotion-wise? A little something like... Boom. Check that out. Hey, folks. This is Jason Momoa. Here to tell you about my new favorite podcast, Hard No. Each episode, your host, Dan, will take you on a journey through truth lies and the tangled inner landscapes of deception <laughs> okay what the hell is this why you don't like it come on everyone loves momoa sure but are people gonna believe that he's a fan nay a spokesperson for this show also how can we afford this oh we can't it's one of them uh, deep fakes pretty good huh Besides, who cares if they believe it or not? Only thing that matters is grabbing people's attention. This is a distraction-saturated environment we live in. You know, I read that in 2015, Microsoft did this study that showed the average attention span was down to just eight seconds. And that was seven years ago. I mean, can you freaking believe? Wait, 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 wait. Go back a sec. You read a study. Y you. Hey, I could be smart, too. Besides, we spent all this time together. Maybe you rubbed off on me a little bit. Look at that. You're a real influencer. Oh, God, no. Well, you know, it might help the brand of the show if you actually were one. Or, hey, we could just fake more celebrity endorsements. That's the spirit. It's weird. I actually had something similar in mind for this week's subject. Oh, hey, look at that. We really are forming a symbiotic relationship here, aren't we? Great minds think like peas in a pod or whatever. <laughs> Maybe we are spending too much time together. Anyways, are you ready to go? Ready when you are, buddy boy. In fact, I'm so ready that... I'm so excited to see what you've got for our listeners this episode. Dan, you're such a great podcast host. And so charming and handsome. All right, that's enough of that. What, was that Keanu Reeves? Sheesh, that's, that's just plain creepy. Oh, come on. You know you liked it at least a little bit. The deep fakes don't lie. That is literally exactly what they do. Ugh, sheesh. All right, come on, let's get going. Right behind you, Danny boy. Oh, God. Informed content media in association with Fighter Productions. This is Hard No, Episode 5 The Influence. Ah, convincing. Influencing. 
How much of our lives is spent trying to convince other people of something or being convinced of something ourselves? You want to see one movie. Your friends want to see another. You make your case and you see who wins out. You're ready to shell out your hard-earned cash, but these days there are so many options. The inevitable choice paralysis sets in. You need a little guidance. Enter advertising. The industry that's all about drawing in people's eyes, brains, and hearts to steer you towards exactly such a decision. What movie to see? What car to drive? What pizza to order? What soap to scrub with? What towel? What TV? What shirt? What sofa? What beer? Advertising is here to tell you what you want. It's the commercialized fine art of persuasion. Whether we like it or not, it makes the world go round. I'm playing the game myself right now, and you're playing too. Here we are, five episodes into this podcast season, and here I am, still attempting to persuade you, the listener, of various ideas and concepts, still spending a painstaking amount of time and effort trying to convince you to listen at all and to keep listening, to choose this of all your countless podcast entertainment options. I keep telling you, Danny boy, leave that part to me. I'm the master of synergistic brand solutions. Right. Well, either way, this is the age-old question of entire industries, marketers, and advertising execs. How do we get people's attention? And oh boy, there is no lack of trying. Data shows that the average person nowadays may see anywhere between 4,000 and 10,000 ads a day, which is huge considering that in the 1970s, it was more in the range of 500 to 1,000. Hey, hey, let's play a game. Every time we see an ad, we give each other a little sock in the arm, you know, like the old punch buggy game. Come on, it'll be a great time. Uh, that's a pass for me, man. Healthcare here ain't what it used to be. But this is just the way things work now. Peppered into our daily routines, work, home, kids, relationships, and of course, every possible facet of our entertainment, a high volume barrage of brands desperate for us to look, if even for just a split second. Hey. What? Nothing. I just wanted to see if you'd look. <laughs> God damn you. Ads may be jockeying for that top spot, but in reality, there are tons of factors at play when it comes to decision making. Let's say you really are deciding which movie to watch with your family or friends. Friend groups have varying social dynamics. Maybe one person's ideas carry more weight depending on their status in the group. Maybe one is an outspoken film buff, or maybe another is footing the bill. If it's a family, maybe mom hates horror movies. Maybe your basic bitch of a brother will only watch the latest offering from the MCU. Hey, Snooty, you call me basic? Not to mention, the youngest child in a family often finds their opinion is seen as less valid based on basic seniority. Yikes, that sounded authentic. But this is simply how the social structures of human beings function. We have social hierarchies, implicit and explicit factors that influence our perceptions and decision making. Oddly enough, in spite of any Marvel-loving family members or film critic pals, often we actually tend to trust a stranger's input more, particularly if they have a reputation. Secondhand opinions go a long way towards swaying our own, it seems, so long as it's a familiar secondhand. Hold on, hold on. So you're saying if I tell you some factoid I read today, you're going to believe it? Bada boom, just like that? Uh, from you? 
I mean, I don't know if we're on that level just yet. Wow. Okay, I see how it is. We're hitting the midpoint of this season. I've brought all kinds of valuable content and insights to the table. Journeyed with you through all of them wild blue yonders. Shared the crazy highs, the terrifying lows. And after all that, you still don't trust me? That hurts me, Dan. Look, maybe I have, I don't know, trust issues. In my case, if someone recommends a product to me or a great new show they just watched, depending on my feelings about them, I may act on that information, or I may leave it in the dustbin of my brain. Like many others, I often find myself inherently put off by someone's overhyped endorsement. If I'm told the latest Netflix show is the best one ever, it somehow falls to the bottom of my subconscious list, even if I later wind up agreeing with the rave review. This isn't malicious or even remotely intentional, but it is much more common than you'd think. So with all these variables in mind, among countless others, just imagine you want to convince a wider audience to see your movie, read your book, or listen to your podcast. <laughs> Funny enough, I don't have to imagine trying to get people to listen to a podcast now, do I? Advertising folks may be experts in the hype up, sure, but that doesn't always work on its own. Not on everybody. And that's how we come to the tried and true method of positive testimonials. We all know them. Glowing reviews that prove a product is not only being bought by other people, it's being loved. Wait a sec. Isn't that what we're angling for here ourselves, Danny boy? You podcasters are all about the five-star reviews. I always hear you guys begging for them at the end of episodes and all over social media. I mean, I'm feeling a pot kettle black type situation here. Hey, I don't enjoy the pandering, but there's no question good reviews make your podcast more visible in a literal sea of content. Uh, I don't see the difference. Well, if you'd kindly let me get to the point, the difference is any reviews I receive would, well, hopefully, be legitimate positive responses to what listeners heard. Innocent enough, what we're here to look at today is a more orchestrated affair a classic method of flipping just the right switch in a person's cranium to turn them from passerby into a loyal customer. Oh, let me guess. Giveaways, free donuts, a promise to follow back on social media? Nope. We're talking about the celebrity endorsement. Because, hey, there's just something about people with fame to their name. They're like dear friends who don't know we exist. They would never lie to us. They have a reputation and would surely never risk tarnishing it by speaking for a product or service they didn't wholeheartedly know was good and safe for their beloved fans. Now, hey, we all know one of the perks of fame is to parlay all that big-name cachet into hawking products. Everybody does it. The product gets a little boost. The celebrity gets paid. What's the big deal? An attentive audience is a payday waiting to happen. But hey, why am I telling you this? You're in podcasting, the audio version of an advertising get-rich-quick scheme. What? Hey, I think you got your notes mixed up there, man. Not counting the already rich and famous, podcasting is overall a pretty humble craft. There are countless unique, high-quality productions out there with good people doing good work 
with zero income and zero celebrity endorsement. Listen, I'm just saying, you've been in this game long enough to see what it's become. Celebrities and production companies hook up to create formulaic shows that have been done a thousand times. They market it around the big name central figure, and boom, on launch day, millions of built-in fans are already listening. Advertisers gain instant access to a targeted demographic that was crafted for that very purpose, and on and on it goes. <sighs> Jesus, that's bleak. Tough but true, my man. A regular small like you or me can put their heart and soul into some little podcast and never see a millionth of the success of, oh, I don't know, Conan O'Brien doing the same damn thing. People just love a name and face they already know. Oof, wow. Well, you're getting off topic, and I'm getting depressed. But while we're on it, and since you're such an expert, who is our targeted demographic anyway? Uh, I got it all right here. One sec. Uh, what the hell is that? Uh, let's see. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Here we go. Alrighty. We are currently looking strong in the fellow podcaster demographic, uh, but that one's a given, I suppose. And there's also the left-leaning, dread-filled millennial demo, but uh, they got a lot of anti-consumerism tood. And I gotta tell you, Danny boy, that does not fly well with the good and honorable ad folks upstairs. Up, uh, upstairs? And anyway, who cares? I didn't get into this to make money for advertisers. I'm doing this show for the creative love, you know? To make something that gets people thinking in a different way. Ah, I see. Well, then I guess it's a fractional success you're aiming for. Let me see where my research on that is. Uh, no, 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 no. I believe a quality product will get the attention it deserves. You put the work in, you make something truly great, and people will recognize it. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, listen, Danny boy, you gotta ask yourself five episodes in, what are we really trying to achieve here? I told you I could help you, but I never said I could just snap these well-manicured fingers and make this thing a hit. You gotta help me help you. Uh, okay, and how exactly can I do that there, Jerry Maguire? You wanna swap me out for someone more famous? Oh, actually, you might be onto something there. Get someone famous to act brooding and troubled like you do. I'm thinking Chalamet. People love him right now. Did you see Dune? We're not replacing me with Chalamet. I don't believe you'd be able to swing him anyways. Ooh, that reminds me. I gotta run an ad for another new show we're supposed to plug. More uh, cross-promotional whatever. What? what? I told you, I want to be consulted before we run ads here. <laughs> what did I say? Let me handle this part. Coming soon from Donley Media, a groundbreaking new podcast. I'm Ashley Dashley, influencer, thought leader, and entrepreneur. And on my new podcast, The Shakers, we're sprinkling a little inspiration into your life. And that's when I realized I had to believe in me first. Wow. Astounding stories. I'm literally weeping tears. Where do you find this kind of brave leadership? How did you overcome that roadblock? Well, I just didn't know how to turn the idea into a my idea. And then it hit me. What people really want is a water bottle that isn't simply made with 84% of recycled materials, but one that lets them truly express themselves. That's such a breakthrough. You are the absolute 
bravest. Don't stop shaking. Each week, we have conversations with the leading big brains, the inspirers, the movers and shakers who smash glass ceilings and demolish emerald doors. The ones who are doing big, juicy things in the world. The things you absolutely, positively must know about or die trying. If you're white, 18 to 24 years old, and from a middle class or higher tax bracket in desperate need of moral validation, The Shakers is the podcast you didn't know you could no longer live without not hearing. The Shakers from Don Lee Media. Coming soon to wherever you get your inspiration casts. How do you always seem to have exactly the right ad at exactly the right time? And and why would you put that in there? People are just going to run away from this show. I mean, she sounded like she had actual fans. Whoa, whoa, now. Don't worry your pretty egg-shaped head about it. I'm not for this mid-episode crisis you're having. Focus. Do the whole uh, establishing historical context thing you're so good at. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, yeah, good idea. People love historical context. Okay, all right. So where did the celebrity endorsement come from? Well, using someone's reputation in order to boost credibility for a service goes back. Like, way back. In the 6th century BC, Milo of Croton a famous wrestler, along with many other Olympic champions of the time, was known to lend his endorsement to local vendors in exchange for free food and lodgings. So you're telling me that if Milo of Croton were alive today, he'd be on a box of Wheaties? <laughs> They'd probably make him put some clothes on, though. I hear those ancient Greeks had a lot of uh, flapping in the breeze, if you know what I mean. Milo wasn't alone. Not the flapping, the endorsement. There was also Lucius Septimius Flavinius Flavilianus. Oof, that is a lot of anus. Uh, oh, okay, let's just call him Lucius. Also, a well-respected wrestler, old Cool Hand Luke was used as a recruiter for the legions of Rome by showing off his impressive athletic abilities, and then claiming that by joining the legions, you too could pull off fancy tricks like these. Ooh, you know, I've always wondered about the one where they saw the woman in half. That's... A magic trick. That's the... Never mind. As for celebrity endorsements, things have really picked up in the last few centuries. With humanity's recent love for things like money, investments, and consumerism... Hey, don't make me fire up the commie alert siren again, Danny boy. Stick to the examples, not the commentary. Oh, oh, okay, easy there. But speaking of examples, I've got more here than I know what to do with. Yoink! Hey, what the... Can I have my notes back, please? No, 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 no. Time for another of our patented lightning rounds. Oh, God. No, not the weird magic podcast thing you do. Trust me, Bally. You are going to love this one. How do you keep doing that? Hey, folks, welcome to another episode of Contextually Historical, the only game show that edutains you to a level above unacceptable Nielsen rating. Today, we've got Dan Felton from the Hard No Podcast in the hot seat for our upcoming lightning round. Shit, is this seat supposed to get actually hot? Probably. Now, Danny 
Boy, we've got a collection of historic celebrity endorsements, and you, yes, you, are going to try to guess the product that the celebrity endorsed. It's a lightning round Mitchy match game thing. Uh, can I object to the fact that I did all the research for this and you're just stealing it all to make this game show? And by the way, why are you the host this time? Don't you usually summon someone else to fill the role? <laughs> Hiring crashes upstairs or something. It's a tough economy. Uh, I don't know. You know what, folks? Sounds to me like our contestant is a little too comfy asking the questions. It's time he started worrying about answering them. Settle in, Danny boy. The lightning round starts now. Question one. Famous writer Mark Twain once endorsed a line of what objects applicable to his line of work? <laughs> this is pointless. I told you, I wrote these notes. <laughs> pens. The answer is pens. Correct! Next question. All-time baseball star and notorious jerkwad Ty Cobb put his name to which guilty pleasure of a product? Cigarettes. Judges? Okie doke. Looks like they will allow that. Correct answer was tobacco. This is the same thing. Well done, Danny boy. D did you also know that baseball cards were often included in cigarette packs through the 1800s and early 1900s? Oh, there. We didn't ask for a history lesson, am I right? <laughs> All right. Question three. In 1870, Reverend Henry Ward Beecher appeared in an advertisement in Harper's Weekly endorsing... Reverend? Um... Wait, no, 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 I... I remember this one too. He was he was endorsing watches. <laughs> no fair, you cheated. But I guess that one's on me, so correct. Now, this one'll stump ya. Famous actress Doris Day swore she had known and trusted the brand Harvester for years. The company was selling what? Wait, wait, I don't I don't remember taking notes on this one. This is one of my own. Think you're the only one who can Google things? You did your own research? Uh, I didn't think- Need an answer, buddy boy. Tick tock. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, soap? Oh, no. The correct answer was road paving equipment. What? How does that make any- Lightning round, Danny. Stay focused. Alfred Hitchcock once claimed there was, quote, no mystery to using this business's services. Ugh. Jesus, uh, uh, I, I don't know, uh, Maytag Repair Services? No! He was talking about Western Union telegrams, dummy. <laughs> you know, this is fun. Uh, uh, hold on, so you're telling me you made your own questions? Wait. Shh, 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 shh. Next question. Muhammad Ali endorsed a household item that fought off this household problem. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, I don't know all this. Dish soap. Dish soap. He, he, he dish soap to fight off grease. No. The correct answer was roach traps to give the old one-two to those pesky roaches. Yeah, I, I don't like this game. I mean, why would Muhammad Ali endorse roach traps? None of these make sense. Sense? Who said they have to make sense? This is about selling things, Dano. Getting attention. Trying to keep up here, all right? Well, I... <sighs> I guess I learned something from all of this, at least. Oh! Congratulations on Contextually Historical. Learning a lesson is the grandest prize you can win. Way to go, Danny boy. Uh, okay, okay, sure, thanks. 
Can we get back to work now? I'm, I'm kind of over this, and my my ass is on fire. <laughs> okay, okay, simmer down. Now, let me just, uh, uh, hey, how was that? You did great. You know, I'm still not clear how you keep doing all this, but weirdly, I, I don't know, I guess I think I'm starting to get more used to it. I am in a quiet taste. So, what did we learn? Oh, and uh, here are your notes back. Jeez, thanks. And I actually think I did learn that, initially at least, celebrity endorsements didn't have to make sense to be used effectively. Anyone could endorse anything, so long as the price was right. That is, until the last few decades, where advertising stepped up its game and started building more mutually beneficial relationships with their celebrity endorsers. The most obvious example? Nike's famous collaboration with Michael Jordan. Athletic shoes for an athlete. Makes sense. And as a result, both the company's and the athlete's international reputation boomed in unison. Maybe we should be linking up with like a, a microphone company or something. You could be the MJ of podcasting. Except for, you know, you're, you're a touch more uh, <clears throat> vertically challenged. No, oh, thanks for the reminder. Now you'd be shocked to know that I was never much of a baller. Anyways... Let's get to what is always my favorite part, the deep, weird psychology of it all. Now, it may seem obvious, but why does a company hire a well-known spokesperson in the first place? Experts suggest brands use celebrity endorsements for a number of reasons. One, to establish credibility. A reputable name means a reputable company, supposedly. Two, to ensure attention. Again, you got to stand out from all the background noise. Three, to increase recall, better chance your product will be remembered later if, insert celebrity, has been yammering its praises in sponsored ads. Four, association benefit. Celebrity face equals reminding you of a product. Think of one, think of the other. Real caveman style. And lastly, psychological connection. That same feeling I mentioned before, celebrities as friends who don't know you, we have a tendency to transfer those feelings of affection for a famous person over to the product they're endorsing. Put simply, you see your favorite movie star, singer, influencer, whoever. Your brain lights up with all sorts of electrical fun stuff, and that gives any company or product a boost in the moment. But more importantly, a chance to sell more in the future. A friendly face builds subconscious confidence in the brand. Studies show that a celebrity attaching their name and or face to a brand can boost profits by an average of 4%. That's it? Millions of dollars for a measly 4%? It sounds like the celebrities are the ones making off like bandits here. Well, we have to assume corporations wouldn't do it if it didn't work, right? There has to be some sort of psychological mechanism at work here. Remember how I just mentioned that our brains light up at the sight of a famous face? Oh, look at you transitioning from one point to the next. I am loving this. The structure, the psychology. You are crushing it, my man. Oh, thanks. What's with all the flattery all of a sudden? Confidence is king. Just trying to give you a little boost. All right. Well, how about this? A study by a team of Dutch researchers headed by Dr. Mira Stalin delved into why famous faces sell. In the study, young women were shown different images of shoes. In some pictures, the shoes were paired with the faces of celebrities. In others, normies, or, you know, non-famous people. The results showed that the areas of the brain involved in processing emotional stimuli were more likely to become activated when famous faces were seen. 
But you're probably thinking, all this seems fairly obvious. Science knows it. Advertisers know it. Celebrity faces get our brains going. But there's an even deeper piece to all of this. Something more elemental. Oh, Danny boy, I got a fever. And the only prescription is more contacts. Then let me sign that prescription, my man. Now, we know that the human brain does what it does thanks to millions of years of good old evolution. Thousands of years ago, this recognition of a familiar face was often the difference between life and death. Banding together for safety and survival relied on the ability to recognize a friendly face, build a connection, establish trust. Studies show that the release of the neurochemical oxytocin plays a role in our ability to recognize faces and associate good feelings with them. This chemical effect has played a role in human civilization since the beginning, building social bonds and creating the trust that allows people to come together and then stay together, and to build things up, not tear them down. Sound advice and catchy. Where'd you get that? Fellow podcaster wisdom. So, combine all that with the evolution of media and technology over the past century, the ability to transmit voices, faces, to create marketable personalities, real or not, and sell those personas along with products, and suddenly, we've managed to take a psychological mechanism of trust designed to allow our species to connect to one another, and then used it to trick people into making decisions about how to spend their money. Whoa, 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 trick. That makes it sound so harsh. It's just employing a little knowledge of human psychology to help people make informed decisions to provide them with goods and services they need. <laughs> you know, I figured you'd clap me back with a semantics-based argument like that. Well, Allow me to tell you why I chose this avenue of discussion this week, my friend. A century ago, there were maybe a handful of famous folks to endorse your cigarettes or soaps or steamrollers. But these days, thanks to the proliferation of the internet, social media, and the thousands of micro-celebrities out there, these same psychological effects are in action far more often and are much more widespread. Remember the four to 10,000 ads we see a day? Well, combine that with a flurry of celebrities from the biggest star to the smallest insta-influencer, and the barrage becomes overwhelming. The chemical reactions are suddenly building to a critical mass. And instead of a wide net, analytics and algorithms have made the process extremely personal. You don't need Brad Pitt to hawk a product when you can get a fitness influencer with 10,000 followers to do the same thing. And with pinpoint targeting, a very specific product for a very specific person or group. We've gone from a spray and pray style of broad general endorsements to ones that are targeted precision shots at an exact group. And it's evolution, baby. One small step for advertising, one giant leap for increased efficiency and effectiveness. It's called progress, kiddo. Get with the times. Well, where'd that warm, fuzzy version of you go? Suddenly, you're awfully contentious again. Hey, don't shoot the messenger. I just think you need a little pushback on your whole holier-than-thou spiel. Oh, I get it. I get it. Advertising is a touchy spot for you. Well, it's a touchy subject in the podcasting world, too, seeing as how it's the primary way folks like me see any sort of reward for their efforts. The money rules, or more accurately... It makes the rules. Once again, that's called the way of the world, pal. Look, as always, it's the predatory angle of all this that catches my attention. There's a runaway trend of internet celebrities and social media influencers with small, curated groups of fans. And the way these folks make their money is by selling products, craft an image, 
gain followers, sell stuff. They'll talk into the camera, share personal stories, thoughts, goals, what they're up to today, make people on the other end of the screen feel connected and close. They lean hard on that neurochemistry of familiarity that can, in turn, be used to convince followers a particular product is the missing piece in their life. The idea of, it worked for me, and just look how well-known and well-loved I am, so naturally, it'll work for you. Regardless of whether or not the product is, in fact, basically garbage. Whoa, you making a subtle callback to episode two? Uh, you know, it's only subtle if you don't call attention to it. Oh, sorry. But hold on now. If this is the way to financial success, why aren't you getting extra personal with your followers? You should be filming behind the scenes of the production process, really letting people in. I've tried. Honestly, I, I struggle with the performative aspect of it all, the multiple takes, the worrying about how it looks, the is that too obvious, too cliche, or the simple, do I have a double chin here? I don't know. I, I just don't think people were meant to stare at themselves this much. Fine, fine. Don't listen to me. Keep living in obscurity. What? What? A, a 2021 study by researchers in China found that internet stars, unlike their Hollywood counterparts, tend to thrive in more targeted groups of common consumers and generate increased feelings of affection and affinity with their followers due to the more personal nature of the interactions. This isn't a movie star who appears in tabloid magazines, steps removed and worlds apart from their adoring fans. This is often a regular citizen with a device, just like you and me, coming at you direct through a social media app. But this same study found that, apart from this increased intimacy and trust, there is no fundamental difference between old-school celebrity endorsements and modern online personas, which is why, in the past 5-10 to 10 years, advertisers have drastically shifted their strategies toward influencers and online stars. Same effect, quicker returns on trust. It's a no-brainer. Influencers resonate with more targeted demographics and with younger people. It's music to an advertiser's ears. I do believe I'm feeling a little rhythm myself, Danny boy. La da da, la da da da. Right. So then, the last stop on this ride, as always, is to take a hard look at how all this stuff gets abused in today's world. Prey on the predators a little, as we like to do. You know, basically the whole goal of this show. Ha ha ha, hold on there, cowboy. Speaking of hawking products, you know what time it is. Gotta pay the bills, rake in some of that sweet advertising revenue. Make this whole thing worthwhile. <sighs> All right, I, I guess there's no point in arguing about it. You're just gonna do it anyway. Correct. Arno will be right back. <sighs> You're really gonna be so drab with it all. I'm just still wondering why I haven't actually seen any of the revenue. What up, podcast listeners? This is Rodney. And this is Jack. And for this week's product endorsement, we are here to spread the word about the latest breakthrough in advertising technology. So come on in. It can be tough to get people to really listen to your ad. With so much quality content in the digital space, you have just seconds to get people's attention. Usually the five-second countdown to skip ad, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Literally so true, dude. And with podcasts like ours, the second an ad starts, well, it's usually a click, skip, and a jump for listeners to get back to their favorite show. Which is us, right? <laughs> am I right? <laughs> <laughs> it better be. <laughs> All right, Jack. So let's get to it before these good folks scroll on. For sure, bro. So today we're going to talk about CelebVox, a cutting-edge AI vocal synthesizer that can emulate a celebrity's voice with up to 88% accuracy. 
goes without saying, this is a game changer when it comes to creating the fascinating, funny, and attention-worthy advertising content that you need to stand out. Just take a listen. I'm Mike Tyson, and uh, this app, honestly, it's terrific. I, I, I say without a trace of hyperbole, it is one of the loudest apps I have ever said I endorsed. The thing about CelebVox is it works. I mean, I'd be damned if some goober walked in here and said, you're not Christopher Walken, and you do not endorse this product. I'd say, you're a cantaloupe. <laughs> I am uh, JFK, and I heartily uh, endorse this uh, product and or service. Ich bin ein Celebvox Vocal Synthesizer. Just listen to that quality. I mean, the cadence? The timbre? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Uncanny. And hey, listen, I know some woke leftists are going to say, is this ethical? Is this legal? <laughs> you know what I tell them, Rodney? Wait, wait, I'm Jack. You're Rodney. Right on, bro. The important thing is, thanks to a tangled web of reliable and ambiguous legal loopholes, Celebvox has got you covered legally for your next advertising campaign. Not to mention, certain studies have shown that using the Celebvox app can result in an exposure boost of between 2 and 5%. How crazy is that, Jack? Wait, wait, I thought you were Jack. I thought I was Jack. Wait, what did I say? Who's Rodney? Jack? Uh... Head to CelebVox.org today and let your favorite celebrity voice do the talking for you. Five long years I've used my voice to talk up this app. Uh, that doesn't sound ethical. Or even legal. <laughs> These words are so played out. There are bigger things at stake out there, Danny boy. These... Ads are making me uneasy. But I guess this is the age of the influencer scam, a time when technically anyone can become famous, manufacture their own celebrity brand, and parlay that into selling products. The problem, of course, is that this is a ripe environment for taking advantage. And it shouldn't come as any surprise that there are countless examples of influencer scams. Do I smell another lightning Nah, no. I didn't find the price very satisfying last time, to be honest. But nevertheless, We'll do a cursory pass over what modern influencer scams look like. Obviously, it starts with building an audience, sometimes over years and years, following, interacting, generating content, hoping you gain enough rep to get those numbers up. Or alternatively, you can just buy your way to the top. Wait a second, wait a second. That is an option? Absolutely. For example, recent studies done on Instagram alone found that up to 55% of influencers have engaged in some sort of fraudulent activity and 45% of accounts are completely fake. Social media as a whole is riddled with bot farms inflating follower counts and post engagement, so it's entirely possible to fake a following. Are you saying all these podcast promoter DMs we're getting aren't actually going to bring us 10,000 new listeners? Funny you should mention that. The podcasting world has actually seen a bit of a controversy over companies artificially inflating their download numbers through various nefarious means. Often, a podcaster's numbers aren't as real as they think they are. Yikes, that is not going to make the advertising folks very happy. But real or not, once you have the following, anything goes. It's open season on money-making, however you see fit. Take Caroline Calloway, who at age 27 had over 800,000 Instagram followers from chronicling her experience as an American studying at England's Cambridge University. In 2019, Calloway held a creativity workshop for a modest $165 per ticket in which she would teach people how to, quote, 
architect a life that feels really full and genuine and rich and beautiful. Jeez, she ever heard of a comma? Evidently not. She also had never heard of booking a venue in advance since she ended up canceling multiple tour dates for which fans had already bought tickets. Instead, gently encouraging people to travel to New York City for the real event. Add that to a failed book deal, mounting evidence that she essentially bought many of her followers, and a whole slew of scathing exposés. And before long, Calloway's jig was up. And in a twist of irony too good to be true, for us at least, in 2021, she began selling a face oil she actually called snake oil. Oh, stop. We get any more meta, I might spontaneously combust over here. Of course, selling seminars on how to make your life super awesome is a classic, whether it's about lifestyle or starting a business or whatever. But then there's more sophisticated scams, like what's happened in the realms of cryptocurrency and NFTs. There are more scams and schemes related to the blockchain than we could shake a stick at a large number of them linked to internet stars of all kinds. But for an example, let's focus on the Save the Children scheme. Oh, come on now. What could possibly be wrong with that? It sounds like it'd at least be good for the kids. What is this, your, your first day? Uh, I do get a little foggy sometimes. Save the Children was a cryptocurrency that claimed to be charity-focused and set up in such a way that made it impossible to be rug-pulled where investors are scammed out of their money and left holding the bag. The coin was promoted by famous YouTubers, esports gamers, and various internet influencers before, you guessed it, all the insiders sold their piece of the pie and made off with a load of cash. <laughs> that does not sound good for the kids. No, sir. Crypto has been a breeding ground for scams of all kinds. Usually the influencers involved see pretty minimal consequences apart from paying people back tons of money and getting generally roasted online. In some cases, major stars like Kim Kardashian and Floyd Mayweather have faced legal repercussions for promoting hollow cryptocurrencies. In fact, Mayweather and DJ Khaled were both fined by the Securities and Exchange Commission over cryptocurrencies they promoted, and both paid hefty fines. Ah, finally Floyd takes a loss. Guess you can't schedule weak opponents in the justice system, am I right? <laughs> or how about influencer Jay Manzini, who made a name for himself performing altruistic acts on social media, such as buying everyone's groceries at the grocery store or handing out cash to needy people, before recently being charged with scamming people out of over $8 million in shady investment schemes. Won't somebody please think of the children? <sighs> but hey, at least these crooks are getting slapped with fines. That's got to count for something, right? Well, unfortunately, no. Even when the scammers are forced to pay back amounts in the hundreds of thousands, best estimates put consumer losses on cryptocurrencies in the hundreds of millions. As usual, the fines don't come close to outweighing the profits. For the ones orchestrating these campaigns, using celebrity influence to prop up their cons, it's all gravy. Paying a fine is less of a punishment and more the cost of doing business. Ah, the old banker method. But all right, all right, we're beating a dead horse here. We get it. People leverage fame for their own gain. I mean, isn't that the whole point of stardom? Like you wouldn't do the same, Dano, if you got a little taste. The problem here, I believe, is that the internet has opened the world, put a camera in every hand, and in doing so, oversaturated the landscape with countless famous faces, big and small on apps and sites that can be easily manipulated by bot accounts 
or with enormous shady sums of money. And as is usually the biggest concern, with hardly any moderation or regulation. As we mentioned in our snake oil episode a few weeks back, manipulation, misinformation, and influencers all tie together to create this new generation of deception. And similarly, the nefarious nature of this beast is not in the surface level monetary gains, the capitalist cycle of fame, advertising, revenue, etc. Easy. No, as always, the real crime is in the exploitation of something fundamentally human. In this case, the celebrity endorsement, the influencer-sponsored Insta ad, takes advantage of an essential piece of evolutionary psychology, a piece that lives in all of us, the feeling of familiarity that lights up our brains, and, dare I be cheesy and say, our hearts. Why, Dan? I've never seen this tender side of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. but seriously. It's what forges friendships, sparks romances, it's how we know family, choose jobs, elect leaders, assess threats, make fight-or-flight decisions every day. What would human civilization be if we'd never had the ability to identify faces, to know and remember one another? Would there be such a thing as civilization at all? We need to be able to trust one another. We can't always, of course. Even I'm not that naive. But I do know this. When trust is broken... When people get taken advantage of, scammed and left in the dust, just because they believed in someone they admire, well, then we've turned familiarity, recognition, trust itself into a sort of weapon. Trust and betrayal are two sides of the same coin. And when we toss that coin, angling for our own gain, it truly does matter where it lands. Ooh, what profound wordsmithery. But allow me to bookend this back to the start for you with a thought-provoking question of my own. If we all need our little nudges to help us get over the old choice paralysis, you know, picking which Marvel movie to watch, if you will, well, like you said, we've got to trust somebody. How exactly do you suggest we navigate our daily barrage of quality content, products, and foodstuffs without trusting in ads or influencers or uh, Matt Damon? Hmm? Well, that's a fair point. And I guess that brings us to the real heart of the issue here. Lord knows marketing and advertising is not driven by expert opinion on the products, but by consumer behavior, purchasing habits, brain chemistry, what makes us feel warm and fuzzy. In fact, Studies have shown that not only do we react with the same neurochemical goodness to a celebrity as we do to a friend or loved one, but that, for the most part, we consumers actually prefer a personality that is relatable over one that is expert. In short, we don't really care whether we're being nudged toward the right thing for us, so much as we care about who is nudging us. There's a good chance we'd trust Matt Damon's recommendation even if we weren't really sure we wanted to. <laughs> you know, this whole topic is kind of funny to me. It's what the kids would call a self-own. You know what I'm saying? What, what the hell are you talking about? Come on, think about it. Look at what we're doing. You're out here trying to get folks to trust you, believe what you're trying to tell them. And 
You're making content. Like it or not, you're a voice in the world now too, projecting ideas and opinions out there, creating a little online personality of your own. If this show was big, it's not, but if it was, you'd have the rep and the numbers to show products yourself and then use that to gain even more influence and yada, 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 on and on it goes. You're in the business of trying to become well-known, and dare I say, well-liked too, kiddo. I think you just like to imagine you'd have only the good parts and none of the, uh, uh, like you said, the other side of the coin. It's, it's not that simple. It's about being genuine with people, not slapping your name and endorsement on products just because someone backed up a dump truck full of money to your door. Uh-huh. And if this cash dump truck rolled up to your door, Danny boy, say to do a little light advertising work, you're trying to tell me you'd what? Politely decline? No, thank you, kind sir or madam. I prefer to stay clean and pure and noble for all eternity. No, but... I'd like to think if I wielded that kind of influence that I held the power to direct people's hearts and minds and dollars in one direction or another, that I do my due diligence first, make sure the product was actually reputable. And I'd share that information, you know, be a source of, of truth, of trust. <laughs> so you'd want to make sure they were trustworthy because you want people to believe you're trustworthy. A lot of layers of trust in this whole shebang, don't you think? Could be there's more than two sides to your little coin after all. Yeah, maybe. If it had more than two sides, then it wouldn't be a coin anymore. But <laughs> look, let's just get down to it then. I get why businesses resort to the celebrity endorsement. The market for this type of advertising is broader than ever. And in any rapidly expanding market, especially anything internet related, Things exist in a sort of wild west. Maybe they always have. False advertising hasn't exactly been strongly enforced over the years. My goal is just to arm people with the tools to know better, to avoid being taken advantage of, to recognize these tiny neurochemical processes unfolding in the moment, causing us to act and react and to make decisions, big and small. When it comes to influencers, celebrities, it's important to remember we don't actually know these people. The influencer uploading a new Instagram story every 15 minutes, chatting with us through their camera, isn't a real friend. It's what's called a parasocial relationship, a one-way street. It's their job, their livelihood, a means to an end. I'm not saying they're evil. If that's how they make a living, sure, let them do what they want. But don't make the mistake of believing they care about you or your choices. And certainly do not be the one to shell out any of your hard-earned money. Jeez, that doesn't sound like you have much trust in others, Dano. I do. I mean, I want to. I just, like we said at the start, we see thousands of ads a day. Thousands. Sometimes it feels like our world is made up entirely of decisions about selling and buying, with the goal being to get someone to choose you by any means necessary. And all this deception, all this distraction... Just to steal a moment of someone's attention? Well, how are we supposed to know who to trust? Sounds like you consider yourself the one to decide. You want to be relatable to convince our listeners you have their best interests at heart. But you also want us not to trust that very same idea from others. Seems to me you want to be the expert opinion and the famous face. Uh, voice. You want to be the best of both worlds. Maybe I do. 
Is that so wrong to believe a person can be both well-known and trustworthy? So you're saying you want to be the Tom Hanks of podcasting. Well, that's well and good, buddy. But let me just ask you one more thing. You want to be successful at this, right? I guess. Depends on how we define success. Nah, 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 nah. Forget all that philosophy and semantics for a sec. You want to be known, respected, maybe even make some kind of living. Successful. Okay, yeah. Sure. Something like that. Once you have that kind of influence, what do you want to do with it? Well, I don't, I don't really know. I just wanted to make something that means something. <laughs> Well, that's the thing about means, Danny boy. They always lead to ends. Wow, what another great episode of Hard No. This is Snoop Dogg. I feel like I learned so much from Dan on this episode. Who would have thought there would be a deeper side to celebrity endorsements? I know I didn't, so make sure you chill and come back for the next episode. Peace out. <laughs> oh, oh, sir, oh, gee, oh, sir, uh, uh, what brings you down here? I've come to check in on my little investment. Yeah, of course, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's unusual, it's all, uh, to see you down here in the studio. Where is he? He's, uh, he fell asleep at his desk, burning the midnight oil, you know. <laughs> Subscribe. Is, uh, is something wrong, sir? This show is beginning to bore me. Oh, well, jeez. I mean, so we're doing the best we can. Best? Conan O'Brien just posted record listenership for a fifth week running. Sir, Conan is... Well, Conan. If you can't beat Conan, how do you ever expect to beat Rogan, Cooper, Glass? We just don't have that kind of name cachet, sir. If you just give us a little more time... <sighs> this show cannot go the same way as the others. I will not allow it. I think it's time you took a larger hand in things. Uh, meaning, meaning what? Repeat after me. Hard No is written and produced by Dan Felton and David Felton. Original music was produced by David Felton. You can find more of his work at dfeltmusic on Instagram. Hard Nose artwork was created by the talented Q, who you can find at The Mighty Q Works on Twitter and Instagram. Special thanks this episode to Jeff Feitner, who's on the socials at FightPro and has all your podcast production needs at FightPro.com. And to Audra Stevenson from the Gateleapers podcast, which you can find on Twitter and TikTok at Gateleapers. To follow Hard Nose on social media, follow at DisinformedDan on Twitter and Instagram. Additional notes and sources can be found at disinformed.ca slash hard no. Questions, comments, or concerns? Email me at dan at disinformed.ca. And if you like what you hear, pass it on. And thanks for listening.